From Traverse City, Michigan, this is Real Fairies Radio. In our experience, fairies are real, and we're here to talk about them. I'm Natalie Lynn, and this is my sister. And I'm Susan Hajar. And yes, they certainly are real. So, we said it. Fairies are real. To some of you, this is old news, especially those who are familiar with our website, realfairies.net. To others, this may be a bit out there, but we're hoping you'll keep an open mind as we take you on this journey. Welcome to our ninth podcast. It's been a while because, like many of you, last year was quite a challenge for us. But we're back on track, better than ever. We have a great podcast for you today, and Mr. E is going to start it off by talking about how you can get more of what you want in your life by using simple magic. Next, Susan and I will share some tips on how to communicate with the fairy realm. Following that, Mr. E tells us about an encounter he had with a fairy being called a fawn when he was a young elf doing an errand for his father. It's one of my favorite stories, so I hope you enjoy it. And finally, as always, we will end with our Ask Mr. E segment, where Mr. E will answer as many questions as time will allow. If you have just happened upon this podcast and don't know who Mr. E is, or who we are for that matter, I urge you to listen to our first podcast entitled How It All Began. There, we explain our connection to Mr. E and the fairy realm and why he is here talking with us. That podcast and much more information can be found on our website, realfairies.net. All right, let's begin with Mr. E talking about simple magic. Okay, let's talk about getting things you want in your life. There are people that look outside of themselves to find that answer, when actually the truth of the matter is, it's inside of themselves. So you're saying the power to create is not outside of them, it's within them. It's always been within them and it always will be within them. You are all sparks of God, you know, you all have the energy of the unlimitedness available to everyone. The thing is that you have to learn to find it within yourself. How do you do that? Well, you center yourself. You have to get calm and think and quiet everything. And then you listen. Listen for the bad things. Listen to what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, I don't have enough money. This is going to get bad. These are things you have to listen to. Instead of that, go, okay, I see what that is. That is preparing myself for disaster. Yeah. And people prepare themselves for disaster because the world can be a very scary, uncertain place. Now, you can put certainty back into your life. This is what magic is all about. It's about being certain. You know, absolutely beyond any shadow of a doubt in your head that the thing you want is headed right for you. You've already put the order out. It's coming. If you are thinking, oh, this is now going to work out for me, how do you... Stop it? Yes. That's a very good question. That is part of the magic right there. That is how you stop it. There is a ritual that you do where you use the elements which are helpful for getting rid of the negative thoughts, the negative feelings, the negative things about yourself, self-doubt, the negative outcomes, all those nasty, horrible things that everybody has to deal with in some form or another. So, could you describe that ritual for us? Oh, well, say you just want to clear out the negative. Mm-hmm. That's just basic. Okay, so how do you begin? 
every time before you start any magic of any kind, you have to douse yourself in light light and make sure that you are of pure intention and pure heart in what you're doing. Okay, clearing out the negative. Well, you'd have your charcoal. You would have charcoal that you lit and is in a heat safe place. Like a cauldron or something like that. It's a cauldron or a magic pot of some sort. Then you would apply certain herbs for certain things. Now to rid yourself of negativity. Mm -hmm. There are a few of them. And the other thing though you have to remember, it's not only getting rid of negativity, but connecting to your higher power. So for that, I'd always throw in a little bit of mugwort because that will help you connect to the higher power of what you are. Mm -hmm. And this is a good thing to try for anybody because you need to learn this in order to be, to be magical. You can't do this and, and not be magical at the same time. What other herbs besides mugwort would you use for this? Well, a good one is sage too. Mugwort and sage is sometimes a combination of the two because uh, part of it is spiritual right. and the other is physical. Just the two of those? Or is it? That's pretty much it. I mean, it's a basic, basic ritual. You know, we're okay. talking ground floor. So, after you have sage and mugwort burning on charcoal in a heat-safe container of some kind, what's next? Well, you listen to your thoughts and if you have any negativity, you have to push it away in your mind and tell it to go away. After that, you have to go and focus on what you need and what you want and know in your soul that once you create it in your thoughts, that you could push it out and it'll come to you. You know, a really good thing is to write down what you want and have it burn in the charcoal. And the reason we do that is... That gets to send it off, it's transmitted into another form. And that's basically what you want to do. That sends it out into the universe that this is what you want. This is what you're sending out there. And you expect it to come back to you. You have to always expect it coming. No doubts have to be in there at all. Because if you put a doubt in, then that's going to block it. Or slow it down. Or whatever. You have to have no doubts that it is coming to you. And that you deserve whatever it is you're asking for. Since Susan and I have been in direct contact with the fairy realm since 2004, we thought it would be useful to share some tips on fairy communication. Here's a recent conversation we had on that subject. If you wanted to make a connection to the fairy realm, I guess you'd have to draw them to you first. Right. And to draw them to you, you'd have to be doing something that they'd be interested in. That is so true. That's something we hear from them all the time. It really can't be overstated. I know, really. You have to be the type of person that is recycling, somebody who cares about the earth. Those are the type of people that you will find that are able to hear them and able to communicate with them. And if you're not like that and you're just like, oh, I just wish I could talk to a fairy because they're magical and, and interesting and... Different from us. Right. They're not like us and they're a legend and whatnot. Then they won't be interested in you. There are legends about them, but the actual real fairy is probably a little bit different than the legends. So I would say that you first have to be the right kind of person. That's a really good point. So if they're the right type of person, what do you think is the best way to establish a connection? Well, you make it known what your intention is. That you want to communicate to a kind fairy that is human friendly. And you are a friendly human who wants to help the fairy realm. It has to go both ways. 
Yes. The, once that's established, then you'd need to protect yourself. Right. You have to do that before you ever try to make any kind of connection to the fairy realm. Mr. E always starts off by saying, protect yourself. Yes. He's really strong on that. Right. Before I think it. before you communicate with anything, you should put a protection around yourself. Put a salt circle around you. And in your mind, have a bubble above you and below you so that you are totally protected from anything negative. And then if you are the right kind of person, Mm -hmm. then you would have to just sit quietly and in your mind, do a few call outs in your head like, hello, is anybody out there? Listen for a few seconds. Hello, is anybody out there? Do you ever like Mr. E says, Put your feelers out there to see if there are any fairies there to begin with? Yes, you can. You could do it that way, too, if you had that ability. Yeah. I mean, some people don't know about that or don't realize... That they can do that. Right. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think it's that hard to do this. You just have to focus and pay attention to what you're feeling. Yes. You send your energy out there around you going, okay, what is here? Right now, as you're doing this, you have your hands up. I'm just feeling around me. Going, what is there? I can tell you right now that there is something over here on this side. Well, I can't say I'm surprised about that since these kind of things are commonplace here. But when you're feeling something, or anybody is, that's good. Because then you know you're not just doing an empty exercise. There's somebody there that you could actually try and contact. All right, exactly. You know there's something in the room with you somewhere. There is another less direct way that beings from the fairy realm can interact with you. If you're trying to communicate and you're not hearing them in your head, then you might experience them through your environment. Sometimes they'll leave gifts such as feathers, rock, and literally all sorts of things, including coins, in places that make you wonder how they got there. Right. If that happens once, I would say it could be a coincidence. But if it happens several times, it's probably intentional. So if you think you might have some type of fairy around you, pay attention to those signs too. Yes, that is a very good beginning method. I believe that. Oh, yeah. And pay attention to things that are around you. Don't make assumptions that what you're seeing is what you're seeing. Can you give me an example? Like, for instance, when that one day I did see them in the living room. Yes, in the very beginning. Right. I was on my way to go, you know, making a mad dash to the bathroom. But as I'm looking out at the living room... I thought I saw smoke or some sort of incense. Right, that was your first impression. But after you had time to think about it... I'm thinking, wait a second, that's not what I saw. There was a leg in there. There was shape to that smoky figure. There was a figure, not incense. Well, nobody had been burning incense that day either. Right. And, you know, things like that, you have to reevaluate what you're looking at all the time. Yes, I agree. We tend to just think everything's very mundane. Yeah, and everything's Nothing, normal. Right. Everything's normal here, you know. <laughs> yes. <also>. Move along. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Nothing to see. That's what they like you to think. But actually, there's more going on behind the scenes than we are even aware of. There's so much more. Sometimes it's not easy being Mr. E, and in the following story, he tells how a simple errand for his father did not turn out quite as he expected when he crossed paths with a fawn. Back when I was a young man, a teenager, I was given a bag of money 
some coins for my father. And he said he wanted me to take them to a certain place and make sure so-and-so gets this, you know, kind of thing. Was this a test? Because I'm sure he could have sent one of his guards or somebody to do this. Uh, He wanted me because, you know, I had a fancy pony and I really wanted to get out there and, you know, have something to do. So he said to take these coins over to this person over here. So I says, okay, all right, I'm on my way to deliver coins. Woohoo, you know. Um, It sounds like it was kind of unusual for you to be able to do something like this. Right, exactly. You know, you have to be on official business or you're not going out. So anyway, I'm going around and I'm going in through this, this wooded area. And all of a sudden, I come across this creature that I've never seen before because we don't see them right there at at the castle. So you were taking a path deep in the woods? Yes, I was taking a shortcut. Okay. Because I figured, well, I could go this way or I could do this. So I went into the woods to bypass a certain section. And there was this fawn that I learned later on that that's what they're called. And what did he look like? Well, he had cute, white, hairy legs with fur, and then the rest of him was with less fur on the top. But he did have some little bits on his back. He's got cloven hooves, and and then he had this flute. So he had the body of a human from the waist up, except his head is different. Yes, his head's got horns, and the back of his body actually had a little bit more of the fur. And his arms were human-like also, right? Yes. Okay. Did he have goat-like legs? Yes, exactly. So, like a goat. But not. Yeah, but a little bit bigger than your average goat. Was he tall? Um, He wasn't exactly small. Was he intimidating? No, just the opposite. I see. He wasn't intimidating at all. He's playing his flute and dancing around, and he looked very entertaining to watch. So I was watching him and listening, and before I know it, I'm out like a light because it was so soothing that I have been rendered unconscious. It kind of sounds like he was lying in wait for someone just like you to come along. Uh, well, as soon as they see you, they know that you're the next possible victim. You told me before that the best way to stay out of trouble with them is to avoid looking them in the eye. Yes, yes, they're very attractive. They attract your attention right away. I was feeling sleepy. I thought, well, a little nap won't hurt. These are things of rationale in your head. Ah, it'll be all right. I'll just take a nap. Did it seem strange that you were tired? No, it all felt safe and normal, but it wasn't. When I woke up, all I could find was me pony. Well, the- at least he left you with that. Yes, he left me with the pony. Because the gold was gone. That was long gone. And so was he. You think he saw you coming? Probably. They're very perceptive. Had he talked to you at all, or did he just play his flute? Oh, he talked. Oh, he was just saying, uh, you know, how much he appreciated music, things like that. And you see, if I, if I do my thing like this, you know, it's like, you know, different ways. I see. So he was kind of doing the snake charmer thing. Right, pretty much. Yes, and I was the sneak. Yeah. Exactly. Being sent to sleep. (laughs) Yeah. So that's basically what happened. So once you woke up and realized what had happened, what happened? Oh, man, I went back to the castle and I told him what happened. And I was given another chance, so to speak. But he says, let's leave it for a day. Uh Uh-huh. Let's not try this again today. Yeah, not today because that guy's still out there and he knows he's got that ability, you know. Yeah. And this time, don't take shortcuts. (laughs) So, shortcuts aren't always shortcuts. That's what I learned that day. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. 
it wasn't a short cut at all. In fact, it was a very long cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you were the poorer for it. <laughs> yes, I was. It's time now for our Ask Mr. E segment. Today, Mr. E answers four of your audio questions. So let's get started. Hi, my name is Lily, and I'm a big fan of your podcast. I have a question for Mr. E. I was wondering if fairies keep pets, and if so, what kind? And I was wondering if Mr. E himself has a pet. Thank you so much for answering my question. Goodbye. That's an interesting question. Thank you for asking that, Marie. So you heard the question. Do elves keep pets? We'd rather call them companions. So the word companion denotes a slightly different relationship than a pet. Oh, yes, it's a, it's a much different relationship because we respect the animal. The animal is not beneath us. We don't look at the animal like a dog. Oh, you got to keep the dog off the bed. You know, we don't see it like that. We see it as an animal with a consciousness. We uh, respect it a little bit more than what the word pet means. Well, I do think there are other humans that feel the same way. Yes, I know. Yeah. There are some pet owners that yeah. behave this way. But then there are some that just think, oh, it's an animal. It's separate from me. It'll never understand. I would guess it goes without saying that animals in your world are not treated inhumanely. Correct. We don't ever do that in my country. No. no if we ever catch somebody doing something bad to an animal or something that is weaker than itself, you probably get arrested for doing that kind of behavior. Oh, good. So does that mean that you have dogs? Uh, yes, we have uh, hoons all the time. There's all kinds of... So hund is your word for dog? Hunds. Elfhund? Elfhund, yeah. We've got all kinds of different hounds. There's uh, something similar to the German Shepherd. Well, that is, of course, my favorite dog, so that's good to hear. Do you use dogs for hunting? The humans use them for hunting. We don't need that because our hunting skills on our own are pretty damn good. I mean, we have pretty much the senses that they do. But for us, they're for companionship. So would your dogs or hoons live in the house with you? Oh, yes. They live in the house, and they're with you every day, you know, and they're like yeah. companions. I mean, you know that they're there. Uh-huh. Do you have other types of animals besides dogs that are what you consider companions? We got pretty much the same thing you guys got on this side. Okay. So There's that- not that separation there. Imagine walking outside somewhere and then just have a bird land on you. I mean, that's what it's like. Fortunately, I can imagine that because that's what I used to experience when I used to rehabilitate songbirds. That's what I'm seeing. They've got the relationship uh, with us as if we have rehabilitated all of the birds. They all come by and say hello. So it's not really necessary to have a bird and keep it in captivity. Right. I get you. And you have that kind of relationship with Yes, with all of them. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, our next question is from Tony. Hi, Mr. E. I had a question. I had been told by an energy healer that I had part fairy in me. And um, since I was little, I felt like I could always talk to the wind or the trees. And I was just wondering if that's possible for humans to have fairy blood in them. And since we live in different realms, and if so, you know, is that person able to go into the fae realm or um, 
you know, connect with other people, you know, perhaps of the same bloodline? Um, that's my question. And, you know, if you have any answers, that would be super awesome. Thanks. Okay, Tony. Well, the thing is, what you may not realize is that if you actually had fairy blood, as in physical lineage, it would be so small that it's basically bred out of you. You're talking about the amount of actual fairy DNA that she would have. Yes, the amount of DNA that's fairy. Okay. And that's because? We left a long time ago, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. It's watered down to the point where it's not even there anymore. But there's another reason why you're feeling that way. That's just your physical body I'm talking about before with when you're talking DNA. But there is other things other than DNA which, which make you a fairy. A fairy soul is what I'm talking about. Sometimes, over on our side, they go into a long trance-like state. A meditation kind of thing where their soul can leave their body, but they're not dead. Their body is still functioning with beating the heart and all of that. It slows down, but it's still working. They put it into stasis mode, and then their soul travels to this realm, finds a host baby to be born as that person. So, yes, you might be one of us, and the chances are you probably are if you're feeling that way. Also, you know, there are wicked people that love the earth and they are able to talk to the fire and the water and the air and the earth. There's different things you can do. Even as a human, you can do those things. But if you're feeling like you've got memories from another world, another time, then perhaps you are one of us. And if she is a face soul in a human body? No, you're not alone. Chances are you've been able to communicate to our kind are pretty high. And aren't there usually people from your world watching over this person and supporting them? Yes. If, in fact, that happened, then you'd probably have somebody watching you, taking care of you over here psychically. They need help. Yes, they need help and guidance because it's quite overwhelming for the elven spirit to arrive in a human body. Could she have some tendencies and interests that would indicate what she was? Yes, easily. You'll find that elves in human bodies are very artistic in one way or another. You'll also find them extremely compassionate. You'll find them connected to nature and everything around them, and they know it. You know, that kind of thing. Hi, this is Brittany. So, my grandma had a heart attack, and before she had the heart attack and after... She would just be like, do you see them? When she was laying in bed, she said, little people were staring at her and they were at the foot of her bed, but I didn't see anything. And I'd be like, what do you see, Grandma? And she goes, there, the little people. So are there people that are like close to death or just went through like traumatic things that can see like the fae or any of those types of beings or did they just make themselves invisible to everyone else but my grandmother because they were watching over her while she was going through all this or what like I'm so confused on if it was real or if she was just hallucinating but it's really really intrigued me ever since that happened and me being the kind of person I am I'm a little upset that I didn't see the little people. So, yeah. Um, thank you. All right, you've heard Brittany's question. What do you think? Hello, Brittany. 
I missed her. How are you doing? Well, the thing is with your grandmother seeing little people on her bed, I think she somehow, through the trauma that she was going through, set her body into a state where she could see them. She moved into an altered state of some kind. I don't know how exactly, but it happens every once in a while. Some people can see these things. Take, for instance, Natalie, the lead of Real Fairies. She'll go into like a half-sleep, half-wake state, and she'll be able to see us. I even waved at her, and she knows what I look like. Yes, I absolutely do. And there are people in residence in this house that she's also mentioned, and I go, okay, that's so-and-so, and that's so-and-so. She could tell that there was a reception for a wedding at her house and all these little things there because there's somebody in town who got married that we were fond of that, you know, we thought, oh, we're going to celebrate here. And the reason I can see that is because your house is located in the exact same place in your realm. Yes, I purposely located myself in the exact same place as that which you would live on this side. Mm -hmm. And so once the veil parts temporarily for four or five seconds, I can see into your world because you are right there. Right. We are here. Oh, we do exist. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So you think her grandmother did something sort of similar? Yes, I believe so. And I, I believe that small little creatures on the top of her bed there, I believe that that was a brownie of some sort. Brownies are very curious. Pixies are too, but brownies are curious and um, fun-loving kind of people. Yes, they are. And they care a lot. They are such wonderful people. I just I love them. They are really great. I agree. And they're full of courage and lots of other things. But I think that that is probably what she saw. Yes, it does sound like it. Okay, our final question comes from Ellie. Hello, everyone. My name is Ellie, and I wanted to talk about a weird experience I had a few years ago. So a few years ago, I began having these dreams of this particular being after I saw something strange outside this being began to appear in my dreams they looked human but not really human there was something off about them not in a bad way like in the way where they were more advanced or they had a different structure and something particular about them was their eyes they were striking and they were very vibrant there was something magical about them in particular. This being was able to communicate with me telepathically. They were able to communicate to me in thoughts. However, whenever I tried to ask them for a name, they would not want to share their name with me. In fact, they never really communicated to me much at all. They just kept appearing in my dreams. And sometimes they would show me things. But I never understood why they would do that. What would be their reason for appearing in my dreams if they didn't want to communicate? Hi, Ellie. I heard what you had to say. What I'm thinking is, we hate to give out our real name. That's why I'm called Mr. E. Very few people actually know my full name. And I think that is why they don't want to reveal their name. You might ask them to give you a nickname of theirs that is not really them, but that you can contact them with. Because names over there are very, very important. Because the name that you are born with, the name itself is magical. Because that's your life purpose right there. Like, for instance, your first name and your last name and the date of birth, that's the beginning of your mission right there. So 
people can have power on other people by knowing the name. If I call the name of, of my enemies, I can harass them. If I actually know them and it's not just a general group of people, I can direct magic at that particular person using their name. So that is why we keep our names very sacred and hidden from most people. Now, the eye thing uh, is definitely a sign that it could be an elf. Do you mean the way the eyes look? Yeah, because you can tell who we are by our eyes easily. There's just something about it. I don't know how to explain it, but there's something more... Well, magical is how she described it. Yeah, something magical about the eyes. Mm -hmm. I would say that it was probably an elf you ran across. And yes, they do work in dreams. They work in dreams with people a lot. Mostly, that is where you find them. It sounds like he was showing her things. Yes, and if he's showing you something, that's what you've got to pay attention to because that's his message. He's telling you, okay, uh, look at this here. This isn't nice. Or you could do it this way. Or that way could be better. You know, something like that. Yeah, I would definitely say you probably ran across one of our kind. Well, this is probably a well-meaning elf, but it's always a good idea to be cautious when you're dealing with someone you don't know, right? Oh, yeah. Got to be careful and watch him and see if he does anything negative. Because the minute he does that, you can find a way to cast him away. Because there are bad ones out there, too, that want to manipulate humans. That concludes our ninth podcast. Thank you for joining us today, and thank you for your wonderful questions. If we didn't answer your question today, stay tuned and we'll most likely answer it in a future podcast. To ask a question, please go to our website, realfairies.net, and look for the podcast tab. There, you'll find a very easy way to record your question. More from Mr. E and many others can be found in our upcoming book, Interviews from the Fairy Realm, due out soon. You can sign up to be notified when it's available on our website. If you enjoyed this podcast, you'll probably enjoy being part of our closed Facebook group. Just search for Real Fairies Group and you'll be sure to find us. Thanks again, everyone. We look forward to seeing you next time.